What if everything you thought and believed about successful buying, selling, and financing your home was wrong? Welcome to HomeWise with Michael Midget. This is where you can count on straightforward, objective advice on the right way to make the most out of every dollar you put into your home. Whether it's buying, selling, or financing, even maintaining and growing its value along the way. Coming to you from the News Talk STL studios at Union Station in St. Louis. Welcome to HomeWise. I'm Stalpontikas, and I'm joined here in the studio by the creator and host of HomeWise, Michael Midget. Great to see you again, Michael. How are you, buddy? I'm good, Stell. How are you? Doing fine, thanks. Oh, man. Coming off the last couple of weeks. Um, Pretty intense shows. We, we were really getting into it, which yeah, was fun. And you know what? We're just going to we're, we're gonna keep it going today. Good. So I have what I believe I'm going to share, okay, um, what I believe is one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful, real estate strategies in existence, mm. okay? Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's actually within reach of most people. All right. So it's not a pie in the sky dream. Like you need a lot of money to do it. Um, it's good for first time home buyers, young buyers, perfect buyers, not so perfect buyers. Um, and it hits on nearly every cylinder tenant, whatever of uh, real estate investment and ownership in that, that you can think of. So, um, I'm going to bring in a guest in the second segment to discuss and work on that with us. But in the meantime, there's something that we need to talk about first, okay? It's been kind of eating away, chewing at me for a while now, and I think I've kind of been dancing around the subject. Um, You know, we've talked about interest rates. We've talked about bank failures. We've talked about uh, just the general state of the economy, the real estate uh, market, Everything wrapped around that. And if you listen to the news, the media at all, whether you're, you know, whichever way you lean, um, there is a common thread woven through most of it. And every once in a while, you'll hear one of the announcers say it. Something about, um, you know, we are at, well, my interpretation of it is that we are at a very precarious time in in our history. There's a lot that's happened. There's a lot currently going on now, and there is still more to come. Um, I feel it's an inflection point, all right? Um, That feeling, that common thread that you'll hear uh, in the media is that something's just not right, not quite right. There's something off. And, uh, you know, like things are changing, which, I mean, I realize things are changing all the time. But, and it's this, it's, I can't quite put my finger on it, that there's just something different about it this time. Like a level right. of uncertainty. It, that, that is one of the words that I had picked to, to describe that. And you are, you are right on um, uncertainty. All right. And all you, I mean, all you have to do is turn on the TV, turn on your social media feed to see, you know, to see what I'm talking about. It's everywhere. It's every day. It's all the time. So, um, to retrace some steps, a few years ago, we had this thing called the pandemic, right? <laughs> it's pretty pretty much of an <laughs> yeah. extraordinary event, right? Like, we haven't had too many of those recently. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it it's by de- very, it's very definition the ultimate disruption, all right? 
To say the least, yes, it yeah. was. I mean, it, you know, and I think, I mean, a lot of, I mean, for all the talking and all of the focus that was put on it, I don't think that we really did it justice to put it in its place as to how disruptive it was at the time. Because I mean, never before in modern history had we shut down not only just the U.S. economy, but the world economy, essentially, because uh, it's a world economy. Everything works together in unison and, and that. And one thing gets messed up and it throws everything else, throws everything else off. Well, we didn't just mess part of it up. We shut the darn thing off, right, completely. And that was sort of, I mean, if, you know, it, th- things were going on before that, but that seems to have been sort of an inflection point in and of itself. And I think we're going to, we're going to springboard off of that here too. But, you know, I mean, just try to turn on the TV or look in your social media feed and not have some, Thing, whether it's a story, an idea, a concept, an issue, uh, something going on that just is the message is stop what you're doing, pay attention, you know, we got a war. <laughs> Do you guys remember we got a war going on right now, right? I mean, when I was putting this, I had almost forgotten about that because you don't hear it talked about, but I mean, <laughs> we're in a war, I mean, we're not directly participating like we don't have boots on the ground in that war over there as far as far as I know um at the time of this taping we do not um but there's still a war going on and I mean it wouldn't take a whole lot to involve a whole lot I mean to to you know for that to escalate I mean essentially one decision by one person you know could conceivably make it happen right it's a big deal and on the financial end, because you deal with finances every day, well, we're literally almost subsidizing that war. So well, we've yeah. got that issue, too. Well, yeah. So we're running these these deficits, mm-hmm. right? And don't, don't confuse deficit with national debt. The national debt is the cumulative adding up of all the deficits that we've had over time. By the way, we don't have surpluses anymore. We haven't had anywhere near a surplus in over 20 years. Have not had a balanced budget, and by the way, balanced budgets don't, they just wipe out yearly deficits. They don't go to actually (laughs) pay down the debt. So Mm. the idea that, you know, so it has just, it has grown to a point that, I mean, even in just the last few years, that is almost unfathomable, right? Um, Politics. I mean, I even need to say more, you know, what the issues are, what, People are fighting over, I mean, it's, you know, and it's pervasive through almost every fabric of everything. I mean, it's, I don't have words, I don't have words for it, which is why I can't quite put my finger on it, okay? But you did, you did a great job there, which was uncertainty, all right? Um, For financial markets to work right, for... Uh, our society to work right. It's achieved a level of complexity that requires certainty in at least some, if not all of the moving parts, right? Um, what certain doing, do we even have any, any certainty today? So, you know, fast forward this to um, real estate and finance. Okay. Old story. Now we got inflation. <laughs> You just woke up from a long slumber. We got inflation, you know. 
Um, they're not talking about it all the time anymore like they were because it, the story became old. But it hasn't disappeared, right? Have interest rates come down? No. Well, they're not going to come down until the inflation comes down. Well, the inflation is not going to come down until we get to more certainty, more stability. We get some things under control. Part of that, I can't quite put my finger on it, is that I feel like things are spinning more out of control, not less out of control. Like, I feel like we're going the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. And every time we take a step in the right direction, I feel like we're getting two back in the wrong direction or in another, or or worse yet, another direction, right? And we just keep getting stretched thinner and thinner and thinner. We've only got so much bandwidth in our brains to to pay attention to all this stuff. So that's why stories get old and we get fed new ones. And, you know, what's it, you know, what was it yesterday? What is it today? What's it going to be tomorrow? Who knows? What difference? I mean, it's going to be something, though. We're going to have something else rammed down our throats that has to be, it demands our immediate attention. Otherwise, the world's going to blow up or something. I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I can't quite put my finger on it, right? But we still have inflation. It drives rates up, all right? Bank failures. It's a new, well, it's not a new one, but it's a new one, right? It's come back again. Why? Because there's more. There's more of them. We got the third one now. It was just two. Well, now we got the third. Well, we had the second biggest one in history a couple months ago with um, SVPs, Silicon Valley Bank. Well, now the, the third one this year, First Republic, is bigger than Silicon Valley Bank. What's going on? And, oh, and maybe a fourth one coming soon with PacWest Bancorp. I don't know. Yeah, and there's a couple more that are actually on the radar hmm. in the media that are getting looked at. Uh, the canary in the coal mine, the you know the you know the share prices plummet, hmm. right? Um, because when you <laughs> there's people that have more money than me that are in the know, right? Because that's kind of like how you get in the know. If you look at see, and you can see now some of this is starting to leak into the news where. When, so First Republic gets taken, I mean, you know, it fails, so it gets taken over, right? Um, And then the books get open, and they want to do the forensic. It's the equivalent of an autopsy. Like, what the heck happened so we can make sure it doesn't happen again? New words, same old story, right? Oh, look. (laughs) Um, Look look at what happened way back here before, before anything was going on. Look at all this money going out. What were they, what was going on? Well, somebody knew something, you know. Um, You can look at it and you can see it. But that's yesterday's story. Again, we're on to a new story today. Fed's meeting later. Who knows what's going to happen? I know what they're supposed to do. I know what's supposed to happen. And then that story will come. And then by 3 p.m., that'll be old news. And then there'll be another thing and another thing and another thing. And it's just... Keep piling and piling and piling, and when does it all? When does it all stop? Like I don't. It's almost like there's something going on, right? I can't quite put my finger on it. My favorite phrase is, "It's the tyranny of the urgent." <laughs> Everything is is in a sense urgent. It's not really, but because we're in a twenty four seven cycle where we get yep. everything yep. barraged at us, it just feels like it's the tyranny of the urgent. Yep. They are trying to get, keep, and dominate our attention. Mm. My fear with it, though, is that they're trying to 
directed away from somewhere that it should, mm-hmm. right? So you got to be careful what you watch and what you listen to. And of course, what you believe, because, you know, as much as we talk about the misinformation, the disinformation, the fake news, and that, that, that is actually fake news is real. I mean, is that, <laughs> is that, how does that work? Um, That's a conundrum. Yeah. Yes. Is that, is that real or fake? <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, and it's just, it's getting worse because now we got this AI stuff yes. and it's gotten pretty good and it's, yeah. Uh, the genie was contained and it was sort of a secret unless you were behind the scenes in the know. Well, now it's not behind the scenes. It's in the know and the genie's out of the bottle. There's no putting, there's no putting it back. There's no, oh, we got 40 people to sign a thing. We're going to put it on. We're going to hit pause. Like you can't hit pause. No. I mean, that's like, um, I don't, I don't know what it's like, but you can't, it's not going to, you can't, you're not going to stuff that thing back in the bottle. They don't, genies can, they don't go back in. You can't you can't put it back in. It's out. Okay. It they've got versions of it that will run on a on a disconnected from the internet device. It'll fit on a thumb drive. Take it anywhere in the world, and you can do it. It's it's actually it's a pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing, um, and, and to think that it's only been around as far as the general public is concerned for just a few months. Yeah, and we've and, been uh, totally absorbed in it. Right, and it's just going it's going faster and faster and mm. faster. You know, so. The bank failure thing. How many more are out there? There's more. There's never just one. It's the canary Nicole, remember? So there's always the the domino in front of it and the domino in front of that and in front of that in front of that because we're trying to predict the future. And you do it by looking at the patterns of the past. By the way, that's how AI works. It works off patterns. Um, but, you know, affordability, we've talked about that before. That used to be in the news, not in the news so much anymore. It got old, but it hasn't disappeared. It's not getting any better. It's getting worse. Okay. Last week's story about the interest rate thing. Why, Mike, why make such a big deal out of that? Well, because you have to, you have to, it's, you know, our, our, our economy is tied to real estate. Oftentimes it's real estate that has led us out of hard times. It's been a, a safe haven of sorts, uh, real estate in general, right? So when you look at housing, you've got huge store of people's personal wealth, right? One of the, it's why this show exists. It's why we talk about this. It's where, it's where the money is. It's where you've got to take care of that. If you're not taking care of that, you're exposing yourself. Okay. Real estate offers a lot of built-in protections and things It it tends to be more certain. It tends to be more stable for lots of reasons, but it's not immune to it. Okay, it's not just go buy anything, right? So affordability is down. Rates are up. Home prices are still up because of supply and demand. Wage growth is down, not keeping pace with inflation. So it erodes buying power, right? That's the affordability. That's the affordability piece. Um, So real estate is that safe haven. I believe it still is a safe haven. It may not be as safe as it was. What I mean by that is you can't just go out and buy anything. Right? It used to just be go buy a house. What house? Well, it doesn't really matter. I mean, in time, everything will get worked out. Well, I still believe in time it will get worked out. Remember, we got the five, the five it's roughly the five-year rule, right? If you had a five-year hold time, it's, you had to have really picked bad in order to lose, lose money. And since you got to live somewhere, so you're going to be spending, whether you're going to spend it on a mortgage payment or on a rent payment or something, you've got something that you're going to spend there. And if you're looking at rent, well, I mean, throwing it away, I, I don't, 
that's the terminology that gets used with it. It's at least partially right, but it's, um, I don't think it's a hundred percent right, but it, it, it starts to get you in that direction. The, the idea is that you got to spend something, right? There is no free ride there. Even if you're not paying rent, somebody is paying that incurring that cost somewhere. So what I wanted to do was, you know, what do we do? Right. I, I don't, I don't, just bring problems to talk about problems to try and get people to listen, right? This is a problem solving show, right? We talk about issues. We talk about problems that are out there, but we only talk about problems because we need context for solutions, right? What to do. We can't, like I said, you know, we've got to have a place to live. It's not a choice. Well, it's not a good time to buy or it's not a good time to rent. It's not a good, it's not a good time to need a place to live. Like you always need a place to live. Happens also why one of the reasons that real estate tends to be more stable and more certain because of that, because everybody has to live somewhere. So this strategy, so what we're going to talk about today is a strategy, okay? Um, it is... It's one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful, um, that there is, in my opinion. But once we go through it, I'm, you know, if you disagree with me, let me know. I always love to hear that. Um, but what I like about it is it's simple. It's straightforward. Um, I mentioned it's within reach of most people. And <laughs> probably the coolest part of all is that it's literally it's hidden in plain sight. Mm. Right. So once I tell you about it, be like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a stretch to like I'm going to have taught you anything. This is more of shedding light on something and putting it in context and truly seeing what and how good something can be. So what I did was um, I have a connection with literally the guy who wrote the book on it. All right. So we're going to get him on the phone here uh, for this next segment and we're going to dig into that. Good. So we will take a quick break here. You're listening to HomeWise with Michael Midget. I'm Stal Pontikas, and we will join you again here just in a couple minutes. Stay right here. Welcome back to HomeWise with our host, Michael Midget. I'm Stal Pontikas, and Michael, let's get back into the discussion. It's kind of heating up here. Well, if you're just joining us, I spent the, well, what turns out to be the whole first segment of the show trying to, I guess, trying to describe this uneasy feeling that I have, okay? And I think you actually summed it up best with the words uncertainty, lack of certainty, you know? It's a very uncertain world today. There's, there, we, we strive for stability. We don't have a lot of stability. And uh, um, it's, it, it causes us to feel bad. And so this is not a show of just problems without solutions. We have a solution. So um, what I want to do is I'm going to introduce our guest, Brian Sachs. Brian is the author of a book called The Real Estate Loophole. And that book is about this strategy that I'm bringing to you, which is a solution for 
this issue, you know, kind of like that safe haven that real estate can be, um, this is the best rendition of that, that, that we have. Um, Brian, are you there? I'm here and uh, honored to be here. Thanks for having me, Michael. Well, well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, I should say this is the first telephone interview we we have done since you're not located locally here and um, not actually in studio with us. So it's always exciting to explore some of the new technological features of our of our world because we talk about technology on the show too sometimes. But thanks for coming on. Just real quick, uh, Brian is a nationally known mortgage and real estate expert. Uh, he also happens to be a fellow mortgage loan officer. Uh, I've known him for longer than I would care to admit, uh, <laughs> two plus decades. Uh, but Brian, Brian is a unique, I'll call him a beast when it comes to that. Uh, upwards of 6,000 mortgage transactions, multiple billions dollars in uh, loan production. He's written CE courses, teaches CE courses, written articles, books, numerous radio appearances like this one, uh, TV appearances. He's quoted regularly. Um, I mean, Brian, Brian, is there anything that you don't do? <laughs> no, but I, I will go back to your opening comment. I definitely look better by phone. So uh, <laughs> that's a good thing. Well, for those of us that are catching us uh, on the video version of this, um, we... Uh, we have a I, very handsome picture of yeah, you. Yeah, I just put a picture up of you. Yes. So you can get a mental <laughs> picture go. of that, uh, the one sitting in your office there. So um, You're looking good. There you right. go. All right. So um, is there anything? So, yeah. No, I was going to say, is there anything that I left out of the introduction that would be important for, for us to know? Well, I, no, I, I think that uh, I think you covered it. And, I probably uh, overdid you know, it. <laughs> well, I mean, all the, they were, uh, everything you said was factual. Everything you said was factual. Amazon bestseller author that's uh, i guess okay. a good one all right well good mm-hmm. i'm glad um, um it's worthy it's a worthy idea there you go there you go so yeah. you, you know you're, you're right you, you opened up and talked about you know un- that uncertain feeling i i have it too i think we all have it and uh the more we listen to the news the more unsettling it becomes yeah um you know it's we we're just we are beasts that want stability we like that we like that you know consistency in our lives in that and um by the way owning real estate is one of those things that brings that consistency because it's you know you can create that nest egg nest uh place to live that consistency that you know that comes you know that comes with that but let's what let's just jump right in on this and uh let me ask you so that the title of, of your book, uh, The Real Estate Loophole, um, what does that mean? What is the real estate loophole? Well, I mean, there is a loophole uh, that very few consumers are aware of. Um, but, you know, before I even tell you about the loophole, let, let's talk about, if you don't mind, Michael, if it's okay with you, why I even wrote the book. You know, we're, we're, we have, and I think you'll agree with this, a major affordability issue across the country. Yep. Uh, home affordability, the gap between uh, what someone, I just saw a statistic, it's actually uh, interesting and scary. Uh, over 40% uh, 
of uh, uh, the average American's income is now going to housing. Um, that's that's uh, maybe an all-time high. And so what we have are accelerated rental rates. We have home prices that have really just, you know, uh, gone to all new heights, all new levels in the last two years, starting to moderate. But, but I mean, we, we had crazy appreciation almost across the board, across the country. And it's left this major gap between uh, the haves and the have nots. Yeah. And it, it keeps getting larger. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, you know, I, I, that's why I wrote the real estate loophole. You know, here's what it addresses. You know, if, if I were to come to you, Michael, and you're, you're an extremely intelligent, well-versed in, in finance. <laughs> and, I, and I said, <laughs> and, and I said to you, you know, Michael, how would you like to be in a situation where, uh, you own a property your mortgage payment is covered by others every single month. You're generating a side hustle income without leaving your couch. And I'm going to give you just to put a cherry on top, a large tax break to offset your income. Well, on the surface, that sounds too good to be true. It sounds like a late night infomercial, doesn't it? Yeah. I was going to say you, you hit on just about every major tenant of, something that, um, well, yeah, is the subject of some late night show that somebody's trying to sell you. So. Well, and so, so let's, let's go even deeper then. What if I put like sprinkles on top and the cherry and the whipped cream on top and said, <laughs> how about this? You don't even have to have good credit and you only have to put down three and a half percent. Yeah. And if you're a veteran, you don't have to put anything down, by the way, if you're an eligible veteran. So, you know, on the surface, that sounds too good to be true, probably scammy or scary <laughs> the most, and yet it's 100% true. And, and you know, cutting right to it, what, it what, what the loophole is, is buying a multifamily property. Instead of looking at a single family home that you probably can't afford in many cases or is going to just stretch you like Gumby, uh, you know, w- what you do is you buy a four unit, you live in one of the units, you rent out the other three, that, those other three units, two, three, or four, uh, up to four units is considered residential, over four units is considered commercial. But as long as you're living in one of those units, theoretically, the rent for the other three units could cover your mortgage payment which means you're living mortgage-free, rent-free, and it, oftentimes it creates uh, an additional income. I've seen it create twenty, thirty, and even $40,000 in additional income. And those other units, because they are not your primary property, uh, you know, and again, you have to check with your accountant. I'm not an accountant, but my understanding is that the you are able to write off as an uh, that part of the property that is an investment property, and so that tax benefit, you know, the tax system is let's not say it's rigged, but let's just say the tax system benefits home ownership, right, <laughs> and investment in real estate. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, and, well, and so you know, I was go just ahead. gonna say it. Um, it's like so many other things in our life. It benefits those that are in the know, right? So if you <laughs> if you know what you're doing and you have a strategy put together to leverage that, um, I mean that's kind of like the. I mean, it sounds like that's kind of the idea anyway with this whole thing is that um, is begins with just being aware of it. And most people aren't, you know, and candidly, when, when a buyer goes home shopping, very few agents will show them a multifamily property. And it's a mistake. I mean, I, I've seen it, Michael really create, uh, generational type wealth for people. They use this as a stepping stone to get into a nice area in a nice property. And uh, once they're in there, um, you know, there's nothing that says you have to live there for the rest of your life. You know, at some point you may, your circumstance may change. You can rent out the unit you were occupying. Um, Your tenants are paying down your mortgage. I mean, how great is that? Your tenants are making you rich. Right. How, how wonderful. Well, that's that's the argument that's used to make, to, you know, that's, that's put forth to renters to get them to buy, which is, you know, why do you want to uh, enrich your landlord? Which, I mean, I don't care how rich my landlord is. I care how rich I get. <laughs> and, well, you know what they say? They say, are you, you're making a mortgage. If you're renting, you're making a mortgage payment anyway. Right, right. So wait, the question is, you want to make it for yourself or do you want to make your landlord's mortgage payment? Either yep. way, you're making one. Yep. Yep. There's no free rides. You got to live no free rides. You, you got to live somewhere. Yep. Somebody, somebody's got to pay somewhere. Um, and it's for sure. just being in the know. And you know what? And, and that's actually a great point, which is um, it's there. It's been there forever. So it's not new concept, right? So in generally in finance, we don't like things that are new because things that are new are unproven and therefore risky. When I look at this, I mean, you know, I've been industry a long time, but you know, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. When, when I first saw this, I thought the, I, I thought the same thing that you brought up, which was sounds too good to be true. You know, am I dreaming? Am I watching a late night TV show? And you know, I, but I was really interested, like, oh, I got it, like that curiosity effect. I need to know what that is. It's because I'm a very, I, I got to feel like I got to know everything. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's genetic. Yep. Um, <laughs> flaw working on it. Um, I had not thought of this. I mean, it's, that's so, I reference it. It's a, it's a strategy. It's a, it's, it's, it's something that's hidden in plain sight right? It's sitting right there in front of us that we, and we don't, we don't notice it unless it's brought to our attention. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, and you know, I think that's why it became an Amazon bestseller because, um, you know, it it is a loophole. The, the, uh, federal housing administration, the veterans administration, um, as long as you're going to live in one of the units, (laughs) You know, they're treating you just like you're buying a single family home. But, but, you know, I've had some clients, Michael, you know, in Baltimore, I'm in Baltimore, and now I'm also in Florida. But Baltimore, you know, is a little bit of a rough city right now. And, And some of the neighborhoods are a little dicey. And, you know, I've had families that 
let's say they were qualified in the twos, but the areas they wanted to be in and the schools they wanted to put their kids in were in the threes. And I just had a family that I was able to convince them, easily convince them, or I guess maybe the board has exposed them instead of convinced them. But I shared with them the real estate loophole idea. And, you know, here's the thing. As, as you know, we can count the rental income from the other three units as qualifying income. And so... I was able to show them how buying a four unit not only covered everything we just spoke of, but it allowed them to move from a $200,000 neighborhood into a $300,000 neighborhood where all the statistics were different. The crime statistics were different. The school system statistics were different. And, um, you know, the wife kissed me, not on the lips, just to be <laughs> fair, but she did. She did kiss me, and uh, I think he would have kissed me too, but he uh, he didn't. He shook my hand and gave me a hug. Oh, uh, that's that's when you know you're doing something right, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you know our job is one of those things where we don't that doesn't happen to us a lot. Yep, but so, the agent wasn't happy with me. Ironically, I know. I know. Um, the, the agent was not happy with me because. You know, I mean, these properties do involve a little bit more due diligence. And depending on your city and your geography, some areas have more multis, duplexes, triplexes, four units. Some areas don't. Um, but, you know, it was a little bit more work for the realtor, and she let me know that she wasn't real happy about that. But that's a separate issue. But, you know, Meanwhile, she made a sale for 300 instead of 200 Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like... Uh... I'm doing my math right. She probably made you. You helped. She her made more money, more but money, she's angry. Right? Right. Yeah, yeah. right. I helped her make more money, and she's angry. So go figure. I don't know. Welcome one, to my world, yeah, everyone. One, yeah. One of the tenets of this, and we're hitting on we're hitting on just about everything that we stand for here at uh, Homewise Radio. One of those being is do what's right uh, for the client, and. It doesn't matter what it takes, you know. Um, we do what's right for them, not necessarily what's what you know what you know what's right for us. And part of that is just, you know, we're you know we're talking about a strategy, so we're applying a strategy to the situation. And I I want to just I want to dial in and focus on something that you said, which is so big. I don't want anybody to miss it, and it was the fact that. By using this strategy, this family was able to move from one level of qualification or they whatever one level of affordability or comfort or whatever that was for them to a completely different level of property, a different level of you know you know of everything. And by doing that, same borrower, same finances, same everything, but better strategy, right? Better strategy to get a better, to get a better outcome. And in this case that, I mean, it was probably, you know, complete, I mean, like you said, is in a completely different ballpark. And, you know, I'll tell you, Michael, you, you and I are cut from a very similar mold. Okay. And that is, it's so important that I have to call it out. You know, there are loan officers 
and mortgage companies that, you know, they, they you go there, you apply, they quote you a rate, and, you know, if you want to take a loan, all good, right? Um, they're robotic, um, you know, and, and one of them rhymes with uh, something that gets shot up into the air, <laughs> uh, pocket, but we, we won't mention them by name. But, but you, know, you know, these are, are more ironic um, places that um, they're order takers. It's no different than going through a drive through McDonald's and ordering a cheeseburger. Right. Okay. You know, it's, it's a manufacturing assembly line. But I, I know you and I are cut from the same cloth. And, and what we try to do really as a professional originator and not, not a trained monkey, you know, that takes orders you have to look at the client's entire situation, what their comfort levels are, what their capacity is, and, and really what their goals are. Nobody listens to that. Nobody even asks. And, and so that's really looking at it very holistically and trying to figure out a solution. And for this family, the real estate loophole was the solution. There wasn't another solution. And, um, you know, I, I just think it's important that you know who you're working with. And while speed is good, um, you know, getting your mortgage through your ATM machine or, or phone app isn't always going to provide you with the best result. Yeah. You got, you have to, um, you know, they're what people like, you know, they don't know what they don't know. Right. So mm -hmm. oftentimes they just go with, uh, you know, whoever they're referred to. And that's okay. I mean, that's, I mean, you can get to a good person through a referral, but unless you are aware of this idea of, so that's why we talk about strategy so much and that it's more than that, you know, than, you know, than just that order taking. And by the way, you can apply a strategy quickly, right? It doesn't have to take it doesn't have to take forever. Um, it may not be at microwave speed, like a, digital app might be that you could, you know, apply for that loan at two 30 in the morning, but I have never been asked to <laughs> approve someone at two 30 in the morning. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah. like some of that speed gets wasted, right? It's not necessary, but it doesn't have to be long and arduous, complicated process. Like, you know, like, you know, like some people might lead you to believe it's just, I mean, you guys just have to give a damn. And, um, that's what, that's what we do. Let's, we're, we're coming up on a hard break here. Um, are, are you able to hang around for, for a little bit? Cause I have a few more, I have a big thing that I want to dig into again on this. Um, all right. How can I say no? <laughs> all right. Okay. But, um, before we go, why don't you give us your contact information and, uh, then hang on and we'll be back after break. Super. Well, I mean, the best place to go is the real estate loophole.com. That's the website, the little video there I did for everyone, therealestateloophole.com. Okay, and that's, and that's the book, and that, that will sum up uh, a lot of what we've spoken about here. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure there's, I mean, there's a lot more. There's a lot more there, but therealestateloophole.com. Okay, um, hang on. We'll be right back, mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to dig more into the financial opportunity attached with this. You're listening to HomeWise with Michael Midget. I'm Stel Pontikas, and we will be right back with our special guest, Brian Sachs, here on HomeWise. 
Welcome back to HomeWise. I'm Stal Pontikas, and I'm here with the host and creator of the show, Michael Midget, and our special guest, Brian Sachs. Michael, continue with your conversation with, with Brian. Great. Thanks, Stel. Um, we are talking about um, a book called The Real Estate Loophole, written by an author, Brian Sachs, who is on the phone with us today, and we're talking about that that. Fabulous. It's a, it's a real estate strategy on how to basically, um, if I were going to sum it up, I would sum it up as an owner-occupied investment property, which I realize is, has a level of industry jargon uh, built into it, but it's a house that you live in or a property that you live in. And then it also has parts of that same property that you are able to rent out and generate an income from. And by doing that, you can at least subsidize, if not completely wipe out all of your mortgage payments and potentially even create an income off of that if you do it right. And uh, it, you know, it's, it just, it it fires on a lot of, uh, on a lot of cylinders there. Um, Brian, is, is there anything like basic that you would add to that? Um, before we well, dive I'm sure that. you, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you get this phone call a lot. I get it a lot. You know, should I buy an investment property or should I buy a house to live in first? And I'll tell them, why don't you do both at the same time? And they'll say, well, we don't have the money for that. We can't afford to do that. We, you know, and so we're going, no, 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 let me show you. And so one of the benefits of utilizing the real estate loophole is being able to buy an investment property and stop renting all at the same time, all in one transaction, uh, very simply done. Right. And that's the, um, I call that the idea of utility, right? So one of the great things about real estate is it has, it has utility to it. That means that it functions as a financial asset, right? So it has value to it. And that value can appreciate over time, but it also serves as a roof over our head, right? So um, you're going to be paying one of them. You're either going to be renting or you're buying, so you're not escaping it. When you can, when you can bring together those two things, and even even you know there is an element of that uh, one asset, multiple functions present in your typical average everyday single family home, right? Cause it serves as a roof over your head. And then it's also going to be a place where you invest over time and it's going to play a significant role in growing your wealth up to and including, I believe in the future, it's going to almost be a requirement um, soon if it isn't already that it play a significant role in providing retirement income for you. And the second that I bring that up, everybody's mind goes to reverse mortgage, right? And because that's the typical way of doing it. And so reverse mortgage is viewed as that, uh, that necessary, like we're only going to do that if we have to. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a last resort, you know, um, which I mean, it's really a fabulous idea in and of itself, but I, I'm I, like, we don't, we don't have to go there. When I look at this, the real estate loophole, I see that as an alternative to doing a reverse mortgage at some point in the future. Not that you would want to wait to do it in the future, 
But if you do it today because of the way that it brings in even more pieces of that of that investment aspect, right? So we talked about the roof over the head. We talked about the capital appreciation over time, um, the building of equity as you make the payments, uh, loan pays down. So you have capital appreciation going in one direction. You have the loan being paid down the other direction. Both of those are contributing to building equity over time, and that makes it powerful. You also, with with this, you, you, you get that added uh, aspect of the monthly cash flow because you are renting out the additional units, whether that's one unit in a two-family because you're living in the other one, or two or three units on a three-family or a four-family, um, just the balance of whatever the units are units are out there. So you have that additional that additional piece piece in there, and um, you know we talked about potentially wiping out the mortgage payment, which addresses affordability, right? So remember one of those headline problems, Brian. You brought it up um, before before you came on. That was a one of the pillars of the first segment that I hit on which was the fact that we're at an all-time low affordability. This really hits at the heart, really hits at the heart of that. And it almost removes affordability from the equation, don't you think? Well, you know, I, I, yes. And, and I'll tell you, I see so many seniors. Um, I, I think, <laughs> you know, the statistic, you know, is, I don't even know the statistic by heart, but it, when I saw it, it scared me because so few Americans that are retiring, you know, you have 10,000 people a day turning 65 in this country, the baby boomers working their way through, through the system. And, you know, many of them are ill prepared. (laughs) Many of them were wiped out in 08, 09. Uh, They're ill prepared for the major inflation we're facing and um, are not able to get by. Forget about the viability of Social Security for a minute. Right. The little bit they're getting, they're not able to really get by with prices soaring, rent soaring, cost of eggs soaring. I know that made national headlines. <laughs> you know, cost of everything's going up. But but here's the thing. Their, their income's going up modestly with some, you know, cost of living uh, improvements, but they can't afford it. And they're making choices now. Do I pay rent? Do I pay my car? Do I eat or do I get my medicine? And that's a hell of a way to retire. It really is terrible. And it's getting worse. And so what this really does, and, and, you know, as we're having our conversation, we can debate it all we want, but clearly there's a problem ahead of us. Whether we're in a recession or about to go into one, I mean, we could debate that for hours, but we're not in great economic times, folks, right? And so many of these folks are thinking about getting a part-time job in their retirement, but stores are closing. Businesses are laying off as we speak. And so, you know, if you were hoping to make a couple grand a month at working at Walmart at 80 years old, standing on your feet and making nice to everybody, there's nothing wrong with that, but you you can do it with the real estate and really not have to leave your couch. Um, that that uh, four unit could potentially throw off 
the same income you'd be making standing on your feet eight hours a day at a Walmart. So, you know, it solves an issue. You're right. You're right. Exactly right on what you said, Michael. Um, this is a solution for seniors and a very good one. Um, and one that allows them to leave a legacy for their, uh, you know, offspring. Yeah. I mean, you know, and actually bringing in the, um, the element of, uh, of the seniors in that. See, one of the things I think of when I, you know, when I think of this is I, I call it strategy stacking. So, you know, you've got the strategy, you know, this is a real estate, it's an investment strategy. It's, it, it's all of those things and it serves a lots of purposes, but you could still even layer another one on top of that and say, okay, well, if I'm a senior and uh, there's a lot of seniors um, in the boat that you just described there that are getting squeezed from every direction and they don't have any really good options available to them, um, that they're not the only ones, right? Because we just said that they're, they're not the only ones. And um, so, but if you're in the know and then you know something other people don't, you can become a solution to their problem, just like perhaps we're a solution to, you know, the senior's problem that you can mm-hmm. rent, you know, so if you're looking, if it's a four family and you need three other, you need three tenants, uh, your three tenants might be those people that are in the same boat as you. And you can create an environment there that that works for everybody, you know. Or how about your own family? Or that. Now, I know some families that might not be able to live in that close quarter. Well, but, you know, you're not in the same. Look, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of kids that have moved into their parents' basements. There's a lot of parents who've moved into their parents' basements. Yeah. Or their parents are moving into their house yep. because of the affordability issues. Here you can all live in the same building, separate right. units. Nobody cares when you flush. Right. Well, Nobody see, hears it. Yeah, well, see, the kids are already, I mean, you know, like you said, the kids are already doing it. So, um, you know, little Johnny might still be in the basement, living in the basement. So he went off to college, right. he got his four-year degree, but now he can't find a job. Or he can't, right. he can't find a job that pays enough to buy in this inflated environment. And gosh, I mean, if you think buying was expensive, go try and rent something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a, people are like, crazy. I've been challenged on this, you know, you can buy for less than rent thing, you know, and uh, yep. no, you know, I, you can, I can go rent an apartment for $800 a month. Well, you can't go rent a four bedroom home in this nice neighborhood for 800 a month. Uh, by the way, yep. I don't think you can rent an apartment anymore for 800 a month. Uh, it's about double yeah. that where I live, and uh, that starts mm-hmm. to approach what uh, what homes cost, right? So, but I mean, think about that. Like, if you know, kids are already uh, doubling up in houses. Oh, we got I got together with three of my friends. We're going to go rent a house, right? Well, it's not that much of a stretch to if you had a wise set of parents uh, or a young person with means to say, hey, you know what, why don't I buy it, and then you guys can rent from me, you know, and it's just, exactly. you know, I mean, it's, um, I mean, when when you tear into the math on it, it's just, it gets to be, like you said, it almost sounds too good to be true, and I know math, math, math is hard to do on the radio, you know, because we don't, we're, we're just talking here, you know, and even though we're on video. I don't have a grease. I don't have a whiteboard. I can't, uh, you know, I'm not showing things like I would if we were sitting face to face, but you know, if you just think about it conceptually, 
um, it makes sense on on so many levels. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, and we still didn't even cover all of the, all, all of the facets there. Um, but you know, if you want to know more about this, what my recommendation would be to visit the real estate loophole.com. So just like it sounds and that, um, where you can get more information on that, there's actually a book available, uh, costs what books cost these days, which is next to nothing. And uh, you can get a copy of that. I know you've got some uh, uh, some things, some additional things that come along with that. So it's more than just a book you can get. Yeah, there's some bonuses that come with uh, the book, and uh, you know it, it's 101 ways to improve your credit. Lots of folks need to, and uh, another book about various grant programs around the country. Um, and there's even a workshop if you choose, you want to, uh, you know, invest some time in going even further and deeper. Okay. So, but, you, um, so you've got it fleshed out. So you've got it fleshed out pretty well, I think. Um, so again, the real estate loophole.com. Mm-hmm. And, um, if you want to get a hold of me, um, homewiseradio.com, as always, you can get, uh, uh, the podcast past copies of the past show, And depending on when you're listening to this, we might actually be after a website revamp uh, that's going on right now. And uh, you can also get me at my mortgage website, which is goshelter.com, or my direct line call or text 314-275-0314, local right here in St. Louis. Very good. Thank you so much for uh, joining us for this edition of HomeWise. Special thanks to our guest, Brian Sachs. Brian, thank you for joining us on the phone. My pleasure. Truly enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you, Brian. And we hope you'll join us again next time for another edition of HomeWise. Loans and loan information provided by Shelter Mortgage, Inc. Visit us at GoShelter.com and MLS number 192609. A Missouri residential mortgage licensee and equal housing lender. Call 888-497-2558 for additional cost information. Other restrictions may apply. 